again, everybody, and welcome to the show. It is Hump Day, and this is Back to the Window with Scott. And Scott, I am Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm Rico Scott senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together we do this each and every weekday, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Scott and I take your questions in real time, give out our favorite plays, and maybe unload our Bet the Farm extravaganza. Scott, you were at the farm play last night. What the hell happened? Uh, so both teams scored a lot of points, and they scored more points than we expected them to score. All right. Thanks for that inclusive update, Scott. Back to you in the studio, yeah. guys. You have anything else you want to add? Because that kind of sums up the game. No, Scott. It? I wasn't there. Yeah, fair enough. I know we were trying to decide which one was going to go off between Kyrie Irving and Durant, and uh, Durant went off uh, more. He had, what, 41? Kyrie had 20, 24, I think. Yeah, Kyrie really didn't play that well. He had a decent first quarter. He had a couple of shots late, but he really wasn't that great throughout the middle portion. Durant was just ridiculous the entire game. He was on pace for a 40-point triple-double at halftime. The assists ended up not really doing much in the second half, but he had 41 11 and 5, I believe. So, actually, a live bet from the arena, which was nice. I did it during halftime, though, so I cannot confirm if you can actually bet during the game while you're there or if only during like actual breaks. You didn't even try? Uh, actually, no. The only bet I really made was at halftime. I bet Durant over 33 and a half points, which was an absurdly low number because he had 19 at the half, and the Nets were trailing, so I thought it would be close throughout. Plus, if you were watching the game, you kind of could just tell Durant was going to go for 40, and he went for 41, so I'll take the money, thanks a lot, and the Nets won, so I can't really complain. All right, very good, and we want to remind everybody coming up right after our show is going to be the third in our uh, third installment in our series of Major League Baseball previews. We're going to be taking a look at the American League West and the National League West, and we're going to be doing it with uh, Tim Earl of Game Time Decision fame and Earl Sports Bets as well. Uh, kind of a baseball guy, anxious to have him on. And uh, looking forward to that. Of course, we're looking forward to tomorrow having Dave the Dominator on. And we're talking about having Chris King on as well. He's, a, he's kind of a wrestling guy. We're going to take a look at WrestleMania. You realize the more experts we have on, the less we have to look like morons, Scott. It's also the less we have to talk. So that's kind of, you know, directly correlated. It's a win-win, isn't it? Is it, it yep. It's a lot of fun. I got to tell you, it's a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys caught us on Allie's show last night. Well, not us. It caught me and Dave the Dominator. I, I really like being on Allie's show, Scott, because I don't have to do shit. I just have to, to talk about the games. I don't have to push buttons. I don't have to arrange things. I don't have to keep track of what's going on in my mind. It's just, uh, it all just is right there, and I get to act as a guest. So that's a lot of fun. So what just happened is in the house, great Scots. It's us. That's what, uh, that's what Michael Clark calls us, because we've been we've been on a run there, too, as far as Clark goes. I think we're like 61 62% on his show, Scott, something like that. I know you went 2-0. Well, we've been doing those picks for a while. I mean, that uh, started uh, over college, over, at least oh, for me, college oh. Football yeah, I was going to say, well, I've been doing, yeah, we started, we did, we signed the new contract, I think, at the uh, end of baseball season in like, August or so, so. I think I started during college football. There you go. So, yeah, it's a, we have a lot of fun. If you guys, if you're, if you're up on Saturday mornings, which is 1600 ESPN Radio in Denver, we're on Clark and Company. I'm on, I have my own segment at, 
whatever fucking time, 11.30 p.m., 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, 9.30 Mountain Time, which is where they are out there in Denver. Ninja... I don't have a segment. They, they just plug a couple of clips that I record before. I was going to ask you, I'm, I'm going out of town this week. The last time I tried to do it in the car, I didn't have very good luck. You want to do my segment this week? Um, maybe. Some, I'll have to get back to you on Give some picks? All right. I know. I kind of put I you on the see spot. If, I got to see if I'm busy on Saturday. Not like you, know. you and I were just in a meeting for an hour, and I just I totally forgot. We, yeah, we didn't talk about it. Um, uh, James Mounts, afternoon, gents, after you, afternoon to you too, James. Good to be here. What just happened? Any feeling on the Celtic showing tonight? Um, <laughs> well, Miami finally won a game, so you know they beat the Kings by twenty plus. They're back on track, right? I mean, to beat a tough team like Sacramento, no, it means absolutely nothing. I mean, they they won a game they were supposed to win at home. Boston lost an overtime game to. Toronto, but nobody played, so you can't really read into it that much. Of course, Robert Williams had surgery. He's going to be out till most likely the second round of the playoffs, but Boston has been so good anyway. Do you, I feel like it's a good wait and see approach with Boston, though, because I kind of want to see how they look with their usual lineup without Williams, with Tatum and Brown and Horford and everyone playing. So I'm going to stay away, but for me, it's either Celtics or pass. You. Yeah, I like the I like the I like the Celtics in this one. I think that I think it's a good spot for them. Like I said, they uh, they've had a day they had a day of rest after coming back from Toronto, but they I don't even know did they take those guys with them on the trip, Scott? I uh, do not believe so. See, if they didn't if they didn't have to travel, then they've in essence had four days off. I like I, either way they didn't play, so I like a rested Boston roster. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know why Tatum and people would travel if. They weren't going to play, and it was a single road game before traveling back home. Agree, agreed. I would, I would be, you know, I mean, they could have had them. They might have had some of them travel just for an emergency basis in case you know they had multiple injuries or something stupid like that. But either way, they didn't have to play. So, I think the Celtics knew going in, if they managed to win the game, it was gravy because they basically were punting the game in the first place. So I don't think they really cared about in case of emergency situations. Somebody forgot to tell the guys that played they were punting that game. They forgot to mention. Yeah, I know. They, well, they lost in the end. They told them at like uh, uh, late third quarter, early fourth fourth quarter, keep it close, you know. But they ended up not winning. You guys just have to cover. Yeah, I'm I'm not impressed that this. I'm I'm not convinced this Miami team is back before they beat the Kings and covered. They had lost five of their last seven, failed to cover seven straight. Uh, I've got yeah, I've got Boston at home here. Um, yeah. Anything else? Any other, uh... I don't really understand the total in that one, though. It's around 213.5. I know Miami offensively has not been great recently, mm-hmm. and I know that offensively the Celtics have been really good, especially with Tatum and Brown in the lineup. But I guess the question you have to ask for the total is, do I think Miami's defense can score against Boston? But without Williams, why am I supposed to assume Boston's going to be the same great defensive team? Well, I think it's more just a, a lack of production from this Miami offense lately. I mean, they've, uh, again, if you throw out the San, the San Sacramento game as an outlier, they've scored less than 107 in four straight games. Oh, no, I get it, but doesn't it seem like the markets are kind of banking on Boston's defense to continue or maintain current form? And without Williams, who's the defensive anchor of that team, why am I supposed to have the same amount of confidence in Boston's defense? Well, that and the fact that Boston has been putting up a ton of points lately. They've averaged about 128 points over their last seven games. So I don't know. I know Miami plays better defense than a lot of the teams they've gone up against, but they put, you know, 125 up against Utah. 
and uh, one one ten against Golden State, which is a fine performance. Golden State playing very good defense still. So I've I've got the Boston in the over there. I've, I'll I'll play that low number plus Boston if you like trends. Uh, overs cashed in five straight for the Celtics. So you know show me show me it's not going to happen, and then I'll stop playing it. But until then. Uh, Paul wants to know if, uh, the Detroit Brooklyn game was a good game. Scott, didn't you enjoy it? Yeah, it was a fun time. Uh, Nets won defensively. They're still a mess, which is a problem, but I saw Durant score 40 plus in person. He's even better in person. He, you can't guard him. It was kind of stupid watching Detroit try. Uh, besides that, Cade Cunningham, really, really good player because he did nothing for about the first half. And then the second half he took over. I believe he had... 29 second half points finished with 34 he almost had a really nice poster dunk on drummond at the end but Cade was great so yeah detroit's in pretty good hands moving forward because he's definitely worthy of that first pick and of that first overall pick he's a hell of a player yeah and i gotta admit i i know you were a little higher on him than i was but i don't know that either one of us thought he was going to be a superstar at least immediately and yeah, he's turned out to be a, a quite a pleasant surprise, and we've learned once again why I'm not in uh, NBA scouting. I don't have a job. I here. thought he was worthy of being the number one pick. I question the upside because athletically, I know he's tall. I know that he's length. He's lengthy for a guard. I wasn't sure if he had the quickness, which would fully transition to the next level. And that was kind of why he struggled early on in his rookie season because he just had a hard time of accepting the fact that he wasn't able to easily pass guys like he did in college. But he's made the adjustment. He's been a lot craftier, and he's still an all-around good player. So he should be potentially an all-star point guard in the future, but he's definitely a, a really, really solid point guard, worst-case scenario. Yep, yep, absolutely true. Somebody asking about San Antonio and Memphis. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. Memphis has been – Unbelievably consistent in the three games they played against San San, uh, San Antonio this season. They put up 118 in every game. So yep. <laughs> I don't know if that means anything to you or not. But this uh, it's it's it continues to be just one of the most phenomenal things that we've seen as uh, one of the best five players in the NBA. Scott John Morant. Top five might be a little bit high. Top 10? I'd put him top 10. Okay, fair enough. We'll do that. We'll put him seven, eight, whatever. But they've been playing without him, and they play arguably as well, if not better. Scott, can we say that? Does that even make it I mean, a bit of sense? back it up. You right. Can argue samples. You can argue sample size, but that argument kind of goes away when you've played roughly 20 games without him. I mean, when you're 17-2 and two or 18-2 and two without John Morant, and you're crushing teams based on every single metric you look at i'm not saying they're better without them but you do have to wonder what exactly is going on right yeah they it's like they play they play just two different games and they're really good at both of them you know they, yeah pretty they, much they play a jaw focused offense and they play a more evenly distributed offense and they're fucking excellent at both of them so of course in a playoff series You'd rather have Jaw. I don't think. Duh, I don't even think. I don't think anybody on the team would argue with that. I, I would. I'm just saying. So even though Memphis is doing extremely well without Jaw, if they win a playoff series without him, which they're not going to have to worry about because Jaw should be able to return by the start of the postseason, then you can have a serious conversation if they're better or not. Yeah. Until then, I'm assuming they need Jaw to make a deep playoff run. Well, this last run, they've won and covered five straight, haven't scored less than 122 points in any of those games. Uh, like I said, they've scored 118 three different times against San Antonio. 
Uh, I've got Memphis here. I like Memphis too. I know San Antonio is technically in the play-in game right now. They've won four in a row. You know, good for them. They beat a banged-up Golden State team, beat Portland, beat New Orleans. Very nice win there. And beat Houston at home, uh, on the road. Almost blew that game, but held on. But they're still not very good. I mean, the fact that you're adding the play-in games and how this is a fun experiment. San Antonio is 31-44. and 44. And they might make the playoffs. Like this is kind of this is getting a little bit much for the Western Conference. Two different conferences, some, isn't it? There should be a caveat. Like you have to be within, I don't know, four games of five hundred, maybe like eight games, or you're disqualified well, what from do you, contention. What do you do? What 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 does that even mean? So now you only have nine game nine teams in the playoffs. You have I'm to, saying like, you can you have the option of like foregoing a play in if a team is that bad. You know? Well, Thirty one and forty four. I mean, well, I mean, come on. You know, they That's... said a lot of the th- a lot of the same shit when uh, was it? Seattle won the uh, Western Division with the uh, the with uh, you mean the Marshawn Lynch beat seven eight run? seven eight and one record. Yeah, and and they and they, they, they beat New Orleans at home, right? And, and they beat and whatever. they won a game in the playoffs. Exactly right. Uh, whoever, I, I still think that rule's dumb. I, I I think that winning the division with a seven win record shouldn't get you a home game. Like I, I think that you can make an argument about tweaking a bunch of different rules in some seedings, et cetera. But either way, the point is San Antonio, despite being in the play in right now, is not very good. Memphis is really good. I just expect San Antonio to kind of struggle in this one because Memphis has really beaten everybody handily for the last week and change. Yep, absolutely true. Uh, somebody asked about Cade Cunningham, how old they were. Are they 20? Yes, they turned 20 in September. He turned 20 in September. September 25th, 2001 was the day he was born. Two weeks after September 11th, Scott. My God. It's crazy that athletes now who are in the league playing well are born after, especially since I'm from New York because I lived through it. I wasn't, I mean, of course, I was like four at the time, but still. Now you see athletes who just didn't experience that because they weren't born yet. Makes it feel old a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> Welcome to the club, brother. Uh, Aussie Micah said, love the podcast. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. But remember, we are in podcast form too, not just here on the video, but you can find us eh, usually about half an hour after the show's over. You can find us in podcast form at all your favorite podcast distributors. So if you're out and about, can't have, don't have a chance to listen to the uh, the video, you can do that as well. Aussie Mike, maybe Aussie is in Australia right now. They're like way ahead of us. Do you have the time differential down, Scott? You know what time it is in Australia? Uh, let me think about this one. Australia, uh, I don't think is twelve hours ahead. I, I, I'll, I'll just spare you. I think. Are, what are they? Ten hours ahead? It's all. It's August third. August third. That's okay. that's what it is in Australia right now. So they're about three months ahead. I think it's fourteen hours. That's that's fourteen. Okay. Fourteen, maybe fourteen from me. So fifteen from you, maybe. I think that's right. I don't know. Uh, U.S. Costa Rica, Scott. Oh, by the way, Bronco Devil. Bronco Devil said uh, nobody gets to diss him unless you're a Broncos fan. Was somebody dissing me, dude? Did I miss it? Was there was there a Scott I, was there a Scott slam in the comment section that I missed? I saw Bronco mentioning the uh, Twins game and how Gary Sanchez is batting uh, below a hundred <laughs> so for he, average. So, so he's so in he midseason. He he's in midseason four, basically. Yeah, he said he thought of me. I mean, I, I've been roasting Sanchez for years, and it appears that people finally realized he's not very good. Are we going to get involved in KBO? Uh, no, not unless they not in sh- my pay grade. Not unless they shut down baseball in America again. That was a uh, no offense to the Dinos, no offense to you know the other. Teams it was fun. There. It was uh, it was something to talk about. But I have to admit, I, and I, I again, 
I know this sounds on the surface racist, and I apologize in advance. It was very difficult for me to keep the names separate. I thought the the names seemed very very similar to me. You mean differentiating players? Yes, correct. No, not no. If you see them play, that's fine. But no, it's no, like no, reading not that. I stats meant differentiating and stuff. them on a box score. Yes, yes. Okay. There's a I lot just based on the written name out on on a piece. of paper. A lot of parks, that kind of thing. I just so for me it was the time difference. I, I wasn't going to follow a sporting event that was. I stay up late. I'm usually up until like four a.m. But I'm not waiting for opening pitch at four fifteen. Like, I'm not doing that. So that was the main reason why. I know that people can make money on it, but I really couldn't get into the league because I wasn't staying up to watch all the games take place. Fair I enough. I, see, I was taping them, and I, I, got, I watched them when I first got recording them. Tim Earl says, KBO, you have Kim, 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 and Park. No, that's, yes, dude. I'm sorry. That's, the, 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 yes. It's like if everybody in America, in the, in the, in the majors, 80% of the guys were named Smith or Jones. It's, for, it's, for me, it didn't have to do with the names or following. It just had to do with the fact that I knew going in, these games were taking place at 5 a.m., and I couldn't really wrap myself in the league because I didn't watch enough games. Right. Um, somebody said, if you don't have a few haters, not trying hard enough. Yeah, that's good enough. And, and I find that the bigger we get, the more shit we start getting from people. So it just means we're reaching more people. I'm fine. I don't give a I know you don't even I read. I think as you know, I, I don't. You don't even read comments. You don't give a shit. I do sometimes, not not really. I mean, it's it's one of those where if I remember to do it, I'll do it. But most of the time, I'm busy with other stuff. Yep, I agree. Bronco Dose says, if you stay up late, it's really relaxing to put on KBO or Japanese baseball. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll dabble. I'll probably so dabble. So, Bronco, you're saying baseball puts you to sleep. Okay, fair enough. Um, hey, somebody's asking about USA Costa Rica. You got a thought on that? Uh, for me, I saw somebody asking both teams to score. I actually am not the biggest fan of that one because the U.S. basically wrapped up a World Cup spot with that huge win against Panama. However, the only way they don't qualify is if they lose by about seven goals to Costa Rica, which obviously is not going to happen. But the point is Team USA doesn't even need to win in order to actually qualify. They just need to not give up seven goals. So if you're Team USA, why would you not just park the bus and just try to limit Costa Rica to maybe a goal tops when you basically automatically clinch. Is it an overplay there? Well, you're mentioning the over. I'm, I'm saying Team USA could play its usual style and try to beat the brakes off them. Or you just wrap yourself up and you just try to not give up more than like two goals tops. Like I, I feel like Team USA c- could just go ultra defensive solely trying to lock up a World Cup spot because that matters more than the individual game. There you go. Uh, Astros money line. Why not bet on some guys you've never heard of? That's why we love the Royals in spring training. Because if you look at their roster, if you look at their starters, they start, generally speaking, eight of the nine guys that they're going to be starting on opening day. And it's just, it's fantastic. A lot of the young guys need, and if, they, and if they're not starting, they're starting some young guys that are very close to the majors that uh, can flat out bop. So, um, yeah, Magellan's- Magellan, tennis is the exception for the late night stuff for me, but that's also because I've been following the sport for so long. I already know about the players. The KBO, you're approaching a brand new league with a lot of players you've never seen before. It's a lot of information to process extremely quickly, which is also a bit of a turnoff to new betters because they don't really know what's going on. Right. It's like when you have a new football league, the USFL is starting up, and you're looking through the rosters and you see a bunch of random college players that you never even heard of when they were in college 
and suddenly you have to try to figure out who's good and who's not. It's a lot of information to process. Well, the advantage to that, I would argue, is you know maybe half the guys you've never heard of, but half the guys you have, you at least have a memory, yeah. and you can. You, you I'm know. saying you at least have some head start in right. those leagues. For KBO, you might have one of the reject pitchers from the Brewers, like Lindblom or some of these other people who are just hanging around. But for the most part, right, you don't know anybody. Right. Correct. Correct. Uh, Broncos has been taking the over on the Royals. Thanks. Absolutely, buddy. That's a, uh, that offense is, is bopping and they start bringing in some of the sketchy pitchers. Yep. Yep. And of course it's in the desert. That's, it's always, if you're looking at spring training baseball, it's always important to distinguish between playing in Florida and playing in the desert. Cause it's two very different hitting environments. So, uh, Costa Rica are going to be totally offensive given USA different counterattack, uh, uh, decent counterattack opportunities. That's what Jason Definitely says. possible, but I, I'm just throwing it out there. Both teams to score is tough when one team, the U.S., has the incentive of really just punting offense and doing anything to avoid a blowout loss because you clinch a World Cup spot if you lose by less than like six goals. There you go. So you can make an argument Team USA won't lose by six anyway, so they can do whatever they want. Or... You just play it safe. Make sure you don't get a red card of any kind, and you make sure you clinch. There you go. All right, Scott, let's take a look at yesterday's action. There was a lot of stuff going on. We'll uh, even touch on the game you were at. It's the Wednesday, the hump day edition of Call the Cops. All right, Scott. Well, as we mentioned, you uh, were at this game, and you even talked about this young fella. He's 20, by the way. If you had Cade Cunningham over six and a half assists, at five assists in the first quarter. Couldn't stop dishing the dimes. Finish with six assists, Scott. What the hell happened to him? They play him differently defensively? Uh, yeah, he just started scoring 29 points in the second half. I see. All right. Well, that'll cut down on the assists when you're just taking it to the hole yourself. Pretty much. All right. uh, other than that, though, if you want to focus on another team from New York, if you had the Penguins and the Rangers over... Five and a half, Rangers led three to two, and you know the Penguins are going to pull the goalie to try to tie the game late with the extra attacker. Did not work out, but the, the over, the Rangers had a couple of chances at the open net, and they missed it by that much. They hit the post twice on empty net shots, not to mention a couple of Pittsburgh Penguin defen defenseman saves while pretending to play goalie. No extra goals, game landed five. Brutality. Brutality. Hey, let's stay on the ice. Got another total if you had the Predators. Team total under three and a half going up against the Sens. Well, there's an empty netter that didn't hit the post, my friend. Four seconds left. Put the biscuit in the basket. Predators, they win four to one. More importantly, they went over that total three and a half. If you had the under, you had uh, 59 minutes and 56 seconds of a winning bet. And then you didn't. It was under until it was over. It was under until it was over. But there was good news out there. Before we talk about that, let's talk about the good news over here at winnersandwiners.com as we've merged with the folks at Picks and Parlays to form the Max Wagers Network. And we have a plethora of fantastic shows each and every day, starting off with Midday Money with the one, the only Sean Higgs, followed up by The Plus Money, honey. Uh, Ali, uh, Ali Burns doing her show morning wood at noon, or excuse me, 1 PM followed by Chris King. I don't have a, I don't have a, a rhyme for Chris that rhymes with, uh, uh, he's looking for that. Uh, it's always sunny with Chris King, I guess, uh, as he does his show with Jim Williams, just parlays, of course, me and Scott at 3 PM. 
And then 5 p.m., Tim Earl, you know him, you love him, you're going to see him here in about uh, 35 minutes. But he is with his brother Nick, as well as Detroit Lenny, and they look at all the uh, action, all the lines that have changed, all the injuries that are relevant for tonight's games on their show, Game Time Decision. So check out the full lineup here on the Max Wagers Network. All right, so... Like I said, Scott, there's good news last night. Let's find out who it was. Let's find out those people that uh, had the nice, easy victory. They were kicked up smoking a nice Cubano as they were sitting in the rocking chair. So the first one, spring training baseball. If you had another team from New York, if you had the Mets on the money line against the Marlins, they led 8 to nothing after four innings. And they won 10 to nothing. Yeah, if you had the Mavericks team total over 115 and a half against the Lakers. I don't know if we've mentioned this lately on the show. Lakers, Scott? Not good. Not good. Not good are the Lakers. They scored 82 points in the first half, did the Mavs. That's like 106 to most NBA teams. They finished with 128. Holy crap, if you had the 115 and a half, you're in good shape. Nice, easy rocking chair win. Also, quick shout out to Luca. I don't know if you knew this. He set the all-time record for the fastest 30-point triple-double yesterday in the history of the NBA. You had the Luca triple-double. You won when, Scott? Uh, I'm trying to remember the exact time, but I think it took about 25 minutes and change. So just into the second half. Uh, basically, of course, that was playing time, I think. So I, I don't know if that fully counts oh, okay. the it's not entire game, game clock or him on the floor. Okay. But a 30-point triple-double in about, like, 20-something minutes and change, that's still ridiculous in itself. That's but picking him up and putting him down, my friend. Pretty much. And the last one, if you had the Giants on the money line against the Padres, they led 9 to nothing after three innings, and they won 11-6. to six. Very nice. A little, uh, little easy money in uh, spring training baseball. What could possibly go wrong, Scott? Uh, not much. I'll tell you what, the Yankees, by the way, you mentioned the Royals with overs. The Yankees with overs have been pretty good. They've been kind of mashing the ball in good. spring. Good. Uh, how many regulars do they generally start, Scott? Not many. They kind of rotate. I saw Donaldson playing a bit. Gallo was playing a bit. Stan and Judge a little bit. But the main takeaway from spring so far with the Yankees... Marwin Gonzalez has been really, really good. And I'm not really sure why, because I know he signed a minor league deal. It seemed like he was well past his prime, was struggling since his Mar- since his uh, Astros years. He's been great. He's probably going to make the team. All right, very good. And uh, let's check this out, Scott, because there was a epic, epic puke job in the NBA last night. You know, it's not often they piss us off. But uh, they do disappoint us, and that is the case today. Scott, not mad. I'm just disappointed. So, if you're a uh, jazz fan, if you had the jazz last night, they uh, were about 25 points in the second half. And you're like, yeah, that's a winner. You just go ahead and... uh, Put that in the books, Los Angeles Clippers. The uh, rumors of their ascendance have been greatly exaggerated. But no, the Clippers never say die with the other L.A. team 
as they came roaring back, Scott, they closed the gap. They outscored them by 31 from that point forward. The Jazz not only didn't cover, they lost outright. Scott, they lose by six. Holy shit, Jazz. I'm not mad, but whew, I am disappointed. I mean, nothing has changed. And you go listen to the post-game press conference quotes there from Utah. They basically said nothing has changed from last year because this exact situation happened in game six last year when they blew a 25-point lead with no Kawhi playing for the Clippers and they lost the series because they blew the game. So, yeah, nothing has changed. It's a different day, same story. And Paul George was great in his first game back. Props to him. He definitely did not miss a step at all. But, I mean, damn, man. I mean, that was a ridiculous choke job in the second half. I mean, they got outscored by, what, 18 in the fourth quarter, I think? Yep. Yep. I think that's exactly right. See, and we were talking about that because you were all excited. You wanted to get on the Clippers with Paul George. I said, let's give it a game. Let's see if he's in game shape, how much he plays. And for half the game, I looked like a freaking genius as the uh, Jazz just rolled. And then at the end of the game, you're like, see, told you so. So Yeah, pretty much. All right, very good. Um, catching up with the comment section, Scott. Have we seen anything? Anybody? Uh, what do we got for games tonight? How about the uh, – And uh, if you posted earlier, post it again. I've got uh, Damian here asking about the Timberwolves tonight, plus two and a half. Or do we like Cat to score 25-plus points? Well, let's take a look at uh, that game. You got that one up yet, bud? Uh, yeah, they're playing Toronto. Uh, Toronto's favored by two and a half. Uh, Toronto's been playing well. Uh, they have won three in a row. You go back to really the last three weeks, they've realized that they need to get out of the play-in game, and they have. Now they're, I believe, in the possession of the five seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, but Minnesota has been good as well. They're also fighting with Denver, trying to stay out of the seven. Uh, but Minnesota has really not been that good on the road this season. They are 10 games over as a whole, but two games under on the road, while Toronto's four games over at home. I do like the Towns play, though, because Siakam is playing center, and we know that he's athletic. We know that he's extremely talented. He had 40 against Boston. But Towns has a bit of a size advantage. That's, in that matchup. I wondered how you were going to put center. that. Yes, he certainly does. A little bit bigger. He's, a, so, he's an actual center. So Yeah, I think that Towns should definitely have a pretty solid game here. As for the actual plus two and a half, I'm going to stay away because Minnesota has really just not been that good on the road. So I'm going to pass on that one. But I do like Towns to go for 25. All right, very good. I just figured out we can do this. Somebody asked if they like their new profile picture. I can't hardly see it. I can see it's you. Uh, I can see it's just like a picture of a dude on what just There's a happened. face in there. I can, I There's can, a face. I can see that. It's much. partially obscured no, I, by the I logo. Can't zoom in or anything. Did you know you could yeah. do this, Scott? Yes, I've been doing that before on the show. When have you been doing that? I've done it on occasion. I don't remember that. Do you have uh, any thoughts on bad cap and carrots uh, over half a gold? Did you just click that one randomly? No, I just I, I wanted to put that up there because I know he's telling you to book it. I should. He's telling you to book it. Okay. He wants me to book it. He wants you to book it. You like that? You like over uh, over over a half? Is it say a fifth? I don't want to touch anything in the USA game because I mean JoJo mentioned it down below, but I mentioned it earlier. The US doesn't need to win. They don't need to score. They just have to avoid basically a six nothing loss. And they're going into the World Cup. So I do wonder if the mindset for Team USA changes. Of course, losing 6 nothing 
to Costa Rica basically requires a red card in the first minute of the game. So you don't really have to worry about it, but I am curious if the mindset changes where you focus solely on not giving up a bunch of goals instead of just playing your normal style. Right. I don't know. We're going to, well, we're going to find out one way or another. Yep. Agreed. Um, Bronco devil says, uh, took the over 10, the twins Pittsburgh game scores nine to four. He sees one more in preseason KBO than March madness. See, I think that's the lament of a lot of people with March Madness this year, Scott. It has been a uh, it has been a tumultuous time both for upsets and uh, for upsets against the numbers. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. I, I feel like in the beginning, the favorites covered the first couple of games in the tournament, and then you had all the upsets and the craziness. So I feel like if you were betting underdogs for the most part, you had a pretty good tournament. But a lot of people, and I'm sure brackets can attest to it, had no idea what the hell was going to happen in March. And you couldn't even prepare for what was going to happen. Right. Yep. Nathan says, I'm a Missouri man. Uh, sure. Yep. That's, that's my home. Uh, spring, spring training has been really good. I agree. I agree, Tim. It's been a good spring training for us as well. Um, the Zags. Yeah. I mean, you can, when, when you have three number ones lose before the, what, elite eight? Yeah. Only one, only one, one, one made it to the eighth. That was in KU. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's going to be some people that, uh, and you know, a lot of futures money just pissed that away. All gone. Had to be, you know, I haven't heard lately, Scott, do you know where the liability lies with the books? I mean, obviously with Kansas, but. Uh, That's got to be with Duke. I mean, the amount of people that were betting on Coach K to win a title in his final season, I'm sure is not a good result for the books. Probably took some early futures on that before they saw that team play. So there could be some hefty numbers. Uh, numbers out there on duke north carolina as well yeah you got to remember when it comes to the actual future markets people are either looking for a huge plus price so st peter's for example or you go for the narrative story where the public just slams a team with even decent odds kind of like tampa how even though originally when brady got there they were in the 20 to 1 range but people are still betting them even at like 10 to 1 because brady was there and you're picking brady to win a title so I think if you're asking what the odds makers least want to have happen out of this final four, Duke winning would probably be the first choice. Yeah, it's, it's I'd be curious to see because Duke would be a better price than North Carolina, but there probably wasn't as much North Carolina money. And I'm assuming Kansas actually would not be a bad result for the house because that involves people actually backing Bill Self to win a championship. And that's probably few and far between. You're just... <laughs> are you just are no, you gonna, I'm, I'm not even trying to be mean I'm bill sells up there cutting the nets down scott's gonna be like well i fucking hate me he, he, you know obviously no, 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 no. I'm, he's I'm not good i'm talking about future money and public perception do you think people were sprinting to bet on bill self who's been known not even just by me but in general for underachieving in the tournament probably not dude kansas has name recognition they know they have talent they're I'm top- comparing it to duke i think a lot more bets and money came in on duke yeah um, that's, if I had to uh, guess, out of the two main blue blood one or two seeds, maybe, maybe. Although they, if you've if you've got that North Carolina finale against Duke in your mind, then I don't know who's running to the window to put money down on Duke to win the win it all. I'm, I'm just saying, you can make the argument that based on narrative alone, a lot of public square betters put a decent amount of money on Coach K to lift to win the. To that's win probably the true. That's probably true. I don't I don't disagree with that. I just don't know how much it was offset by KU money. Um 
Kansas shouldn't be that surprising. I mean, they basically just dominated for the last month and change. Nathan says, I want to bet on uh, Kansas, but I'm a little scared against Jay Wright. Absolutely true. This is a, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Jay Wright is seven and one against Bill Self. That's, that's not a great look, you know, and there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of things pointing at KU here, and not the least of which is Villanova is basically going to be running a six-man rotation with very with very little uh, rest for those six guys. And KU's been playing very well. They, they kind of slept walk through the first half against Arkansas and then came out absolutely on fire, both offensively and defensively. So, you know, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Throw a little literary shit at you here today, but... Wait, wait, who was sleepwalking against Arkansas? Uh, Kansas. You mean, you mean Miami? I mean Miami. Sorry, yeah, yeah, wrong. Okay. wrong you threw me off. Yeah, 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 that's, that's on me. Sorry. Against, yeah, against Miami. So, um, I don't know which team you get. If you get that, if you get that team in the second half, that, no team, no team's going to beat that team. That's... The second half game, of course, you know, in a 20-minute sample there kansas looked like the best team in the country now if they can actually extrapolate that to the rest of the tournament is a different story but when you're talking about upside and what the ceiling is of the four remaining teams especially with the injury now to villanova kansas's ceiling is probably the highest in the country yeah yeah because duke defensively they throw in a zone they'll switch things up but i don't know I, i do think kansas is a better team than Duke, in my opinion. Duke. You know, do you know how much I hate you for making me defend Bill Self, who I absolutely despise. I think he's he's a. I well, think, you were accusing me of just straight up hating on Bill Self. Well, I I, I I think you can't argue with his results. Yeah, I know he watches out a little early in the tournament, but you know, if you if you don't make yourself aware of the fact that Kansas plays top three quality basketball, generally speaking, for the last month of the season through the tournament. Uh, then you're you're doing yourself a disservice. So, I, well, I feel like the self argument comes through. I think he's smarmy. I think he's done illegal shit. I don't like him at all, and yet here I am trying to defend him just a little bit, at least on his basketball acumen. I'm just throwing it out there that the reason why I bring up Bill Self is because it seems like every single year, at some point in the tournament, Bill Self gets out coached. At some point, it usually happens. Well, now, Jay Wright uh, this, is the so, best coach in all college basketball. That's easy to just cavalierly say, but you don't. It's so much more than that. It's guys that aren't hot. It's guys that aren't playing well. Guys pick up early fouls, and you say, "Well, you know, guys they get hurt." Well, fucking Bill Self can't coach. I mean, I I'm just saying he has he has one title. There's a lot of kind of indefensible losses there. Of course, Coach K has a bunch of indefensible losses. He lost to Mercer. Right. And he lost to VCU a while back. And he's had a couple of bad losses as well. Jay Wright is a great coach. I think he's the best coach in all of college basketball. But I have to look at the active rosters and the injuries. And Kansas's roster should beat Villanova's active roster by at least eight points. That's what it looks opinion. like. But Nathan asked an interesting question. Could we be underestimating Villanova? Maybe they're motivated. Well... First of all, I, would, I don't know what motivation means. I was going to say, I would hope everybody in the Final Four is fucking motivated, you know? Um, if you're not motivated to, to win two more games, I mean, come on. Uh, I don't know about motivation. I mean, I, all these kids are motivated. I, I don't, I'm not buying there's an angle there. Uh, let me, speaking of motivation, Scott, let me ask you about this. What do you, what do you think of Eric Church? 
What do I think about him? Mm-hmm. What do you think about what he did with the? Uh, did you see that he can't? He canceled. He had a concert in Texas. On oh, because he's a Duke fan and he wanted to. Uh, I think in North Carolina, but yeah. I, either way, I mean, I know that the fans are upset about it. Let him. It's his concert. Yeah, like he can do whatever the hell he wants. Are, really? So you're just okay, just disappointing. If he gives refunds, then sure. It's not like he's taking their money and not performing. Okay. No, I... Reschedule it. Whatever. You know, I, I think that's bullshit. I mean, I'm sure you've had things come up. I've certainly had things come up. You're like, I can't do that. I've got to be on the air. Or I've got to do this. or I've got to do that because I have a fucking job. Um, he has a job. And yet he's like, mm, nah, my fucking basketball team's playing. So I can't play. Priorities. If he wants to sacrifice his paycheck for watching a college basketball team play that's up to him i I don't don't really care one way or another now of course i have no idea who he is i have never listened to his music you're the country guy i'm not so i feel like i feel like saying i'm the country guy is like me defending bill self i I mean i I like it more than you do the concert uh, recently wasn't his fault but jonathan davis from corn got covid and they had to cancel the concert. Now, of course, that's not his fault. And it was unfortunate I couldn't see them perform. But what do you do? You I'll take over. shit that doesn't compare at all for 400 now I'm Alex. Saying, I guess the comparison would be, you know, you miss a concert you were looking forward to. What do you do? Nothing. You just move on with your life. That's it. You know, I'm, people I'm, will be upset about it and move on. I'm not claiming long-term harm. I'm not saying somebody's going to be devastated. There's going to be a, there's going to be a spike you, you in suicides. A, I'm just saying it's a, it's a concert. It's a bullshit Ticketmaster or somebody, and you get your money back. It's a whatever. bullshit thing to do. Fucking you and I have to do our job. Do your job, Eric Church. So you apply for a stand-up set to take place of the Eric Church concert. Yeah, you can huh. fill the void. Oh, that would go well because yeah, we'll see what happens. Let me tell you but, something. I, I don't care. First of all, life. You can do whatever he wants with it. I've opened for a lot of bands. Under the best of circumstances, it's a horrible gig. Better under idea. those circumstances, concert, I can't even imagine. You have the concert. You bring out a TV. You bring out a couch, and you don't perform. You just watch the game in front of thousands of people. That, that was excellent. Uh, <laughs> I was ten when my sister got married, and I was mad I missed my little league game. Fuck yeah. I won tickets to Paul McCartney one time on the radio when I was about 15. My parents wouldn't let me stay home with my buddy. They insisted I go to the lake with him because we went to the lake every weekend. So yeah, I was pissed. Uh, The Nathan thing I can understand, you have an argument, which we use in the NBA, which has been the story for the last couple weeks. You have a guy who's injured and the team rises up and whatever, but you're in the Final Four. You have an extra. You have a week to prepare, so it's not like you suddenly have an immediate turnaround. You have time to game plan everything like that. You can make an argument Villanova might shoot well in the first half, maybe without him, or maybe can find ways. But you watch Villanova play offensively. Would you consider them to be a good team? They're no. They're they're they're, they're very deliberate. They make the extra That's what pass. I'm saying, you know? So. They're, they're methodical, and they try to share the ball, but when it comes to shot creation, they don't really do much. So when you lose one of your best shot creators and you're against a team that's athletically more talented than you, which Kansas is, Kansas is definitely the more athletic team, I think that it's a bad matchup. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. When it comes to motivation, you can, you can argue about that for the Duke game because Duke has a revenge angle against North Carolina. So no, they have it. added motivation. For what? The winner goes to the title game. 
Do you need added motivation to beat your arch rival in a March in a Final Four game? That's what I'm saying. Do you really need it? No, you don't. You don't need motivation. Of course not. Again, you you have motive. Yeah, you do, and you have it. You've already got it. You're in the Final Four. Let's go, boys. Like North Carolina is going to be fat and happy. We just beat this team. Right. So we're going to do it again. Like no, of course not. They're an eight seed in the Final Four. Yep. Like they recognize that they weren't supposed to be here. They're going to come out and try to beat Duke again. I don't buy any of that narrative. Very good. Uh, we're going to close on this. Very. That's very funny what just happened. He said, uh, "I would just, all I have to do is have a drink in my hand. Eric Church song, by the way. You know that song? No. I told you. I don't listen to country music. I, t- I became a country fan when I was on the road, and I got tired of listening to my CDs or my cassettes, even when I started Jesus. And I'd have two choices. I'd have Jesus or I'd have country. And so I became a country fan just by driving through so many parts of America where that was my two choices. So... Anyway, Scott, when the when the Yankees play the Red Sox, but the Red Sox won the last game, are the Yankees extra motivated? No, of course not. It's a rivalry game. What are you talking? Well, about? a more a more a more apt comparison would be if they meet in the uh, AL Championship Series. It's like, well, we were just going to kind of fucking take it easy, but since it's the Yankees, nah, we're going to try. Both these teams hate each other, and if you are in the rivalry and you need extra motivation to beat your arch rival. Then you don't deserve to be in the rivalry. I'll tell you that much. Is there they a more is there a more bitter college rivalry than North Carolina Duke, especially in basketball? No. <laughs> yes, I said I said cassette. Thank you. No, you can make an argument. You know, Kansas, Kansas State, whatever, because no. there's some historical punches no. or whatever. Kansas, but... Kansas, Missouri, only because they had the Civil War. Yeah, shit, but... You got you got a couple yeah. connections there with schools. You know, Texas has big rivalries, but no, it's uh, Kentucky, tobacco, it's tobacco Kentucky, Road. Kentucky, Louisville yeah. comes to mind as well. It's Tobacco Road. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's where you're going. Agreed. Agreed. All right, buddy. Let's get to it. Uh, not such a great day yesterday. You failed to do anything. You didn't get us home at all. So nice job. Thanks. So, so we're going to wind it up again today. It's hump day, everybody. Put on your special hump day overalls. Get that straw hat on. Climb aboard that John Deere with us. Come on. Step on up, everybody. Get your keys out. Let's get ready. Oh, here we go. Oh, I got this. Watch. Wait, 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 wait. This is cool. All right. Here we go. Scott, are you ready? Because yep. it is time once again to bed the farm. Okay, so if we had this, Do we pl- really need the photo. If we, uh, this is, I'm trying shit out. Get off my that Get off my back. What the hell did that add? Okay, sure. Okay, All so right. if we'd have planned this, what would we have done? We'd have put the photo up, and then we'd have grabbed our hats. And when the photo goes down, boom, we got our hats on. It's the big reveal. Okay. Well, we did not put that. No, we did not do that at all. So, cool. All right. So let's put our. (laughs) What the hell was that? Okay, sure. All right. Here we go. (laughs) All right, kids. Uh... All right. Time for me. That's. uh... DJ Steenroller back in the building. <laughs> I'm Gary Moore. Yeah, yeah, you have no idea. What that means. Anyway, um, reason number 786. I'm officially old. All right, Scott, let's see what we got cooked up for today on the farm. It did not go well yesterday, as neither one of those teams had any respect for our play whatsoever. It went well over the total, but we don't learn much. Ow, that stove is hot. Ow, that stove is hot. Let's do it again, kids. It's going to be another NBA. Under, it's going to be the Charlotte Hornets and the New York Knicks under 223. These teams have played three times this season. The games have averaged 
6.7 points per game. The uh, Knicks have played good defense all year. Sixth in points allowed, 106.8. And Charlotte, well, they've played good defense lately, giving up 109.2 points per game over their last seven. Uh, the Knicks, they have struggled offensively all season. 27th in points per game, 106.3. And the Hornets have struggled recently, just scoring 109.4 in their last five. And most importantly, historically, the under is 7-3 in the last 10 meetings between these two teams. We think it's going to be a bit of a grind this evening. And we're going back to the well with an under in the NBA. Take the Charlotte Hornets and the New York Knicks under 223. Scott, thoughts? Plus, Fournier might not play. That's right. Uh, we know that Fournier is the best three-point shooter they have. He's also arguably the worst defender that the Knicks have. So by him not playing... He actually would help the under on two separate accounts. There you go. Very good. He is, he's been upgraded to questionable. So we're not putting a, a lot of hope in that, but yeah, we can, we can definitely hope and it would definitely will make a difference. That total will come down if that, if that becomes official. So as always guys, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate you. Don't forget to check out our pals over there at Caesars doing their great thing where if you bet, uh, what is this got $20 on any game? Yep, $20 on a college basketball game. $20 on a college basketball game. If they score any points, if a team scores one point, you're a winner, guys. So make sure you check that out. It is the in the code is W-A-W-C-Z-R. Is that right, Scott? Uh, you forgot the MAR in there. What's that? It's W-A-W-M-A-R-2. M-A-R. Yeah, Two. the March part of it. Oh, March 2. Okay, there you go. So check that out, guys. It is, of course, available only where the Caesar Sports app is available, and you must be 21 to play. All right. Stay tuned here. In about 10 minutes, we're going to fire it up at straight up 4 p.m. Eastern time with our pal Tim Earl. We're going to be taking a look at the NL West and the AL West. And uh, if you can't join us for that, make sure you come back and check us out tomorrow. Once again, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. As Scott and I will do our very best in the endless journey to help everybody out there to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you then.